0: Who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and happy Sunday. Welcome to the Sunday Brunch edition of John Solomon Reports. Man, do we got a show for you? We got some flamethrowers, some people with very significant resolve who aren't happy with the Republicans, the Democrats, or the bureaucrats that run Washington. And so they're going to tell us what they think. Three good ones right at the top of the show. Senator Ron Johnson, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, congressman and former military hero Eli Crane. Back to back to back at the start of the top of the show. That's a pretty darn good opening. All three are unafraid to call out their own party, to call out the nonsense in Washington, to demand common sense and to demand accountability for bureaucrats who've abused their power bureaucrats and lawmakers who have spent this country into oblivion and even members of their own party if they're not doing what they told the American people they would do when they got elected into office as a Republican. Ron Johnson, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Eli Crane I'm going to kick off the top of this show today. Then we're going to go and have a quick update on some very important issues in the Second Amendment, the ATF, the courts, a lot going on. Eric Pratt from Gun Owners of America is going to be here. And then we're going to finish up with a little bit of music, a little bit of pop culture, a little bit of fire in brimstone from one of the great Christian country artists in America, Natasha Owens. she got a brand new song about the second amendment and the first amendment and why they're so intricately intertwined not only in american history but in the preservation of liberty in this great country not we're going to play some of her song you're going to be able to hear natasha owens up close and personal she is one of my favorites in the new music space today. independent releasing music not afraid to have a conversation with america that needs to be had not afraid of cancer culture not afraid of telling the truth about America's founding. One of the things that's going on now, those who try to clip the First Amendment and eradicate the Second Amendment are trying to distort the intentions of our founding fathers in American history. Natasha Owens in her new song, Doesn't Let That Happen. You can support that song, listen to it, have fun. She will Finish up our Sunday brunch edition with a little music and a little fire and brimstone, which I like. That is our show. Ron Johnson, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Eli Crane, Eric Pratt, and Natasha Owens in a roundabout right after this first commercial break. Folks, factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved That's uh, the code JustNews50 at Factormeals.com. One more time, Factormeals.com slash JustNews50. Use the JustNews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. Hey, folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining... You're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us justnews. That's amac.us justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend or a family member for free. What a great opportunity. Senator Ron Johnson, we're very lucky to be joined by him right now. Senator, welcome back to the show. Well, John Wilmander, great to be back. In the fall of 2020, you wrote a report saying that what Hunter Biden and Joe Biden engaged in was an influence peddling scheme and that it put national security at risk. It put America in a compromised position. You were laughed. You were called a uh, Russian uh, conspiracy theorist. Three years later, every word of your declaration has proven true. Um, is it too late for Americans to absorb the truth about how this president became president and what he did as vice president?
1: Well, let's hope not. Uh, I guess there's a good sign that 61 percent of Americans now, and I think this is a CNN poll, yeah. believe that Joe Biden was at least knowledgeable, if not involved in Hunter Biden's uh, grifts. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with the other 39 percent, but at least 61 percent. I'll take that for the time. Um, But, you know, know, John, you know how I go about our investigations. You do the same thing. You do timelines. Yeah. And it's, you know, this is a very interesting uh, letter that has surfaced or this report from the European Commission in uh, December 2015, basically saying that Ukraine was was meeting all the benchmarks that uh, they were doing pretty uh, in-depth analysis on. But you go back to June of 2015, Victoria Nuland, writing on behalf of uh, yeah. uh, Secretary of State Kerry, writes a glowing letter that is hand-delivered by Ambassador Pyatt to Shokan about what a great job he's doing. Uh, Ambassador Pyatt then in September gives a speech... He calls out Burisma, but he's primarily concerned. He's mainly criticizing Shokin's predecessor, who had allowed uh, their Ukraine's ability to maintain the seized assets in Ukraine. About $23 million of uh, Vlosheski's uh, assets uh, kind of let that lapse. That money ended up going to Cyprus. So uh, Pyatt was calling that out. The result of that speech is Shokin started doing a robust investigation of Burisma. Uh, So, again, the European Commission was satisfied with this. The administration was satisfied with this. I believe Ambassador Pai was satisfied with this. But... Hunter Biden wasn't. You start seeing emails where he's getting pressure. They bring on Blue Star strategies. You know, they start scrambling. I mean, he's got to start, uh, you know, making good on the millions of dollars he's getting paid by Burisma to protect them. And that's exactly what ended up happening. That Joe Biden then on a dime changed U.S. policy to the surprise of everyone. A pretty famous email exchange in January 2016 there with Piets just saying, well, buckle in. And Eric Chiramala, if you remember that name, uh, you know, a specialist of <laughs> Ukraine and State Department, was completely taken off guard by the change in policy toward the prosecutor general's office. So uh, th- this this was something that Vice President Biden did pretty much on his own, I would say, at the behest of Hunter Biden, because Hunter Biden was being paid millions of dollars to be on the board of Burisma to protect them.
0: Yeah, so well that's said. right.
2: And I think when a president goes completely rogue, like it appears, or a vice president goes completely rogue against the EU, against his own State Department, I think that that raises red flags. And there there have been so many red flags since then. John, of course, uh, was praising you for the report that you put out in 2020, but all of the investigation that you did. Uh, during that time period preceding that and the reporting from John. And I look at this as a tale of two presidents, because you look at President Trump, who just asked questions about this and his questions we now know were 100 percent justified. And the situation with now Joe Biden. And I just wonder if the wrong president had his mugshot taken.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's interesting, you know, John has you know broke another story now. Uh, we have the whistleblowers from Morgan Stanley uh, delivering information to Congress. By, by the way, and John, you know this, uh, we wrote letters to the SEC in October of 2020 because we heard about that whistleblower report, but the SEC would not give us that information. Now now those whistleblower reports have been turned over to uh, the House and you're writing about it. But, but these are whistleblower reports as Morgan Stanley is looking at the suspicious activity of Devin Archer involved in the tribal bond fraud that Devin Archer was was uh, com- convicted of, along with other members of his, you know, his other henchmen. But interestingly enough, Hunter Biden was excluded from that prosecution. I would say suspiciously enough. Remember, some of those emails between those convicted felons now we're talking about maybe, maybe we ought to put a little honey in Hunter's pocket. So we mm-hmm. still don't know to, to what extent Hunter was involved in that Indian uh, bond fraud, but it sure looks like, and we, we've had that suspicion back in 2020, that uh, federal prosecutors walled off Hunter Biden from that prosecution that ended up in a conviction over Indian bond, uh, that Indian or tribal bond, uh, bond fraud. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Sir, you ran a successful business. When someone's going to pay 500,000, a million, 3 million, 5 million, 10 million, all the different total figures that Hunter Biden and his family was collecting, you usually have to deliver big dollars. It's not like a $20,000 contract. You got to deliver something. I've done a lot of work on the laptop. I can't find the delivery of any product. Is that one of the red flags that I think first caught your attention that Hunter Biden was doing no work for all this money? Now, it is the red
1: flag. It's what continues to gall me when the media says, oh, there is no evidence. So what, what do you mean? We have all this evidence of millions of dollars flowing into the Biden family coffers. What did they do for that? What, what skills, you know, what, what product they deliver? And I, I'm from manufacturing. In order to make $10 million in manufacturing, you probably have to deliver about $200 million of goods and services. I mean, it's just true. It costs a lot of money to to make 10 million dollars. You know, here, 10 million dollars just dro- drops in the lap of Hunter and probably Joe Biden um, for for nothing other than influence peddling for for selling out U.S. interests, U.S. policy. Yeah,
2: that's crazy. Sir, I want to uh, ask you about this recent news, I think, from yesterday, day before yesterday, that David Weiss is going to have a second bite at the apple uh, another indictment coming down for Hunter Biden by the end of the month. Now, the last one, uh, Judge Mary Ellen Erika had the good sense to pull on just a few threads and it unraveled the entire deal. Um, do you have high hopes for this second bite at the apple?
1: No, I mean, this is galling. Once again, now the news media, oh, there's going to be indictments. Well, yeah, these things should have occurred three, four, maybe even five years ago. Remember, David Weiss, uh, now he's the special counsel. He's the individual who's in charge of the sleazy and corrupt uh, sweetheart plea agreement that the judge blew the whistle on. They tried pulling the wool over the judge's eyes. I mean, that's corrupt. It's the same David Weiss that allowed the statute of limitations to run and expire on the most serious tax charges. I mean, again, the, the, the corruption of this prosecution, I would say dating back to the tribal bond fraud, where they walled off the, the any kind of investigation to Hunter in terms of that scheme all the way through to today. It's still corrupt. You know, my, my concern here is, OK, they finally uh, actually indict on these. Let's say they convict. You know, my, my guess is they'll recommend a wrist slap. And that's probably what a judge will provide. It's, it's, it's really a miscarriage of justice. It's grotesque when you see the hypocrisy. The contradiction, the the dual system of justice being applied to, you know, whether it's January 6th defendants versus uh, the summer rioters, uh, whether it's Hunter Biden versus President Trump, it's just grotesque, the difference.
0: Yeah, that it is. <laughs> uh, you've done timelines that made this story very complex story, very simple to understand. I just want to run through this timeline. 2015, 16, the SEC is alerted to Hunter Biden. 2017, law enforcement's un- uh, alerted to the gun he imp- improperly disposed of and illegally obtained. Uh, 2018, the FBI uh, gets the first referral with the IRS on tax evasion. 2019, they get the laptop. 2020, they try to interview Hunter Biden to get turned down. And in 2023, Hunter Biden still really isn't punished at all. There are lots of agencies that all seem to work towards the same cause, which is making sure Hunter Biden never faced accountability. How does that happen?
1: Well, it's called corruption. Uh, it's called the deep state populated by a bunch of partisans that are you know, advocates for the left. And they just don't want to see their guys get in trouble. And so they protect them. You know, one of the more galling things, again, Hunter Biden, okay, paid some back taxes on millions and millions of dollars of, of, of uh, income. I mean, when you make a $2 million tax payment, that, that's a lot of income that you hid from the IRS. But there's still $400,000. The, the yep. $400,000 that their financial advisor, Eric Schwerin, I believe, warned him in 2019, hey, you haven't reported on this. Nobody has forced Hunter Biden to report that $400,000 and pay taxes on that. That would have been under the plea agreement would have just all been forgiven. So I mean there's there's so much that is outrageous about this, but also so much that has been so obvious about the corruption of the Biden crime family that the mainstream media just completely
0: ignores. Yeah, well, one thing we American people know, Senator, you never ignored it, and you took a lot of incoming. But at the end of the day, you it's your story and the facts that you made public that have endured the test of time. Uh, it is a remarkable thing to see uh, a lot. It's one quick question. About 30 seconds left. Uh, there's a lot of discussion. Are we going to get a budget deal through Congress? Is America going to see any reduction in government? What's your best prediction?
1: Oh, there'll be no reduction in government. I'm sure the Uniparty will figure out some way, shape, or form to spend a lot more money and mortgage our kids' future. It's, it's grotesque what's happening. We should have passed the Preventing Government Shutdown Act. I passed that twice through my committee. We wouldn't be worried about a shutdown. It would give us leverage to actually try and reduce some federal government spending. But you know, members of, of the Uniparty don't want Preventing Government Shutdown Act because that would constrain their out-of-control spending.
0: Folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Marjorie Taylor Greene is in the house. We always love that. And also, folks, remember what I've told you: if you run a company, small business, if you've done something to keep your workers employed during the pandemic, you might not have known you were entitled to a significant tax credit. Potentially, it's called the Employee Retention Credit. It's still available, even though the pandemic's over. Time is slipping. But my good friends at Consumer Tax Advocate, they are out there and helping companies buy the millions of dollars. By the way, listeners of John Solomon Reports and Real America's Voice have had extraordinary success. Millions of dollars of tax credit payments for the US government have occurred as a result of the work that those folks have done. And, and they are great supporters of the show. And so I want to Make sure that you check them out, that you engage. If you run a business or you know someone that runs a business and you want to make a difference in their lives or in your company's life, get these tax credits. They go up to as high as $26,000 per employee. I've heard of companies that got a quarter million. We talked about a school district that got almost a million dollars could buy some new school buses. How do you get started? It's very simple. These guys dot their I's, cross their T's, they're not going to do anything that's unlawful or shady. They go do it by the book and you start with them at covidtaxrelief.org. covidtaxrelief.org. You don't pay anything up front. They do all the work and they share a percentage of the cash that they get for you. One more time, covidtaxrelief.org. That is COVIDTaxRelief.com. Go check them out today. They're a great sponsor, supporter of Justin News and John Solomon Reports. All right. When we come back, we've got Marjorie Taylor Green in the house from Georgia. It's going to be a wild ride. Buck your seatbelt for that one. We'll have that right after these messages. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out Text just news to 989898 98 98 right now. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way And Feeling better and suddenly I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down and my weight went down and my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health.
2: Welcome back, America. As many of you know, we break tons and tons of stories thanks to John Solomon's reporting and this latest one that Joe Biden as vice president basically went rogue. The State Department said that the prosecutor general, Victor Shokin, was doing a great job, that the $1 billion loan guarantee should go forward. That was Biden's State Department. And now we now know that the European Union also agreed. So I want to bring in Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. She is one of the very active and vocal members of the
3: House Oversight Committee, Congresswoman, good to see you. Good to see you too, Amanda. Thanks for having me on. To both of you, oh.
2: we we are so happy to have you. And you know, it seems like there are more and more pieces of evidence that come out. John has talked about for a long time about the uh, irrefutable lies of Joe Biden. And when you consider this, this just as the latest one, you look at this recent polling from CNN that 61% of Americans think that Joe Biden indeed did have some involvement or at least communications with his son. How do you think the American people perceive this and how does that inform the way that they're gonna vote next year?
3: Well, I have to tell you, the American people are way ahead of our our Republican conference, unfortunately. I wish wish we had that many uh, people in Congress, 61% of members of Congress that could see the truth in the light of day. Unfortunately, we don't have that at all. Um, but it's shocking, absolutely shocking. It seems like every single day more and more comes out. And now we have this information that the European Union completely approved of Viktor Shokin's job and, and the job he was doing, fighting corruption and in his investigation into Brisma. But yet it was Joe Biden as vice president of the United States. He was the one that didn't approve of Viktor Shokin. And, and we all know why. The 1023 form told us exactly why, because he took a ten million dollar bribe uh, between Hunter and Joe to get Victor Shokin fired.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it is an extraordinary thing to watch. Uh, there's another piece uh, uh, since the last time we had it, yeah, just a few days ago, the Securities and Exchange Commission first heard from whistleblowers in 2015 that Hunter Biden. Uh, was involved in what appeared to be suspicious transactions. Uh, 2015, there's an initial referral in 2016. One of the bank members goes directly himself as a whistleblower, says, you got to investigate this. Then, of course, in 17, there's the gun incident. 18, there's the referral for taxes. 19, there's a a seizure of the laptop. 20, there's the tax revelations. Seven years, nobody in any one of those federal agencies, and you're talking now seven or eight federal agencies, no one ever found a way to bring accountability to Hunter Biden. What does it say about all those agencies?
3: It says a lot, John, and I'm glad you laid it out that way because it's its difficult for Americans to keep up with all of the details that have come out on this story. Yeah. But I think you've also pointed to something that's more concerning, very grave and serious, uh, not only to myself, Uh, But people like you, Amanda, and and many of your viewers watching your show is that how many times did people try to come out and tell the truth? How many whistleblowers came out trying to tell the truth and point to the corruption and point to the abuse of power happening with Joe Biden and, and these very serious high level offices that he held? But yet every single time they covered it up. And this is the, where I'm going with this is is the reason why I want an impeachment inquiry, a very long drawn out impeachment inquiry, because I believe the impeachment inquiry will start with Joe Biden, and that is who we will be investigating most importantly to see if we need to impeach him. I am already there, but other some of my colleagues are not. However, I believe if we pursue a very serious impeachment inquiry and dig very deep into the layers of this, we are going to be uncovering many people, many bureaucrats, many unelected bureaucrats, many people that work in these agencies that also abuse the power of the positions that they have and covered up Joe Biden's crimes. And I think this impeachment inquiry needs to be done. I don't care how long it takes I don't care if it takes all the way to the November 24 election and perhaps further. It must be done. And we have to do it very carefully and in a detailed manner, because I believe we're looking at a giant conspiracy, a very big conspiracy of Democrat officials, not only that were in Obama's administration, perhaps Barack Obama himself, but also federal bureaucrats that work within the agencies that have all conspired together to cover up Joe Biden's crimes so that they could produce a candidate like a Manchurian candidate and put him in the presidency and then hold all of this over him to force him to do it the way they want it.
2: Congresswoman, I I don't know if Republicans have the vote to impeach. Last I heard, you didn't. But what I hear from Republicans who are willing to speak out and say that they don't support it is that they don't want this to become a tit for tat situation. Mm -hmm. And when, when, when I take that two steps back and two steps forward, and I think about it from the Democrats' perspective, it almost seems like impeaching Donald Trump, one of the biggest, maybe even unintended benefits of that was the guarantee that there would be these high road Republicans, these Republicans who wanted to take the high road to avoid the perception of tit for tat. Do you see
3: that at all? Well, actually, the tit for tat narrative is the narrative I see coming out of the mainstream media the same media that has covered up all of these crimes and that have attacked Donald Trump um, at at a horrific uh, record um, in history. I, I really believe the tit for tat theory is something we should ignore. Uh, The reason why we need to pursue impeachment of Joe Biden is because it's the right thing to do. And just because the Democrats did it wrongly and did it for political reasons doesn't mean that we should be worried about doing the right thing. And the right thing to do is to pursue all of this. America deserves so much better. Um, So for my colleagues that are that are still worried about an impeachment inquiry, they probably don't belong in Congress if they're not willing to do the right thing.
0: That's a very powerful statement. Congresswoman, uh, I want to give you some credit because you have moved the needle on a very important issue. You, more than any other member of Congress, has stuck and dug into the January 6th plight of all the defendants. And recently you convinced the speaker uh, to give anyone who wants access to the videotape. I've been going through it for months. I think it's an extraordinary moment of transparency. Both you and the speaker, I think, making a very important statement about transparency in Washington. Uh, Your thoughts on achieving that over the last few days?
3: Well, I know it's been opened up for all members of the media to look at, and that is that's a very good thing. I, I believe in transparency across the board, and I really commend the speaker's office for doing that. And then also ensuring that any January sixth defendant and their attorney team has access to these videos. I think that is extremely important. But I'll go further. I, I really do believe at some point, John. We need to release these tapes for the American people, Um, whether it's good, bad or ugly. And the way it looks, we have to protect the security of the Capitol. But I really do think that everyone deserves to get to see exactly what happened there.
0: All right, folks, right around the corner, Congressman Eli Crane, a former special operator in our military, American hero, and now a very authentic freshman in Congress shaking up the pot in D.C., Congressman Eli Crane, right after these messages. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. and its title. The instant they detect an activity or something suspicious, they mobilize to help shut it down. We won't know a thief took us off our title until it's too late. That's why Title jumps into action right away. The titles to all our homes are easily found online. A criminal or renter, even a family member, can simply forge your signature on a home sale form, then he or she refiles as the new owner, and bam! Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. I'm Military hero, a congressman from Arizona, and one of the champions of trying to restore security to America's border. He is only a freshman, but making a huge impact in Congress already. He is Congressman Eli Crane, and he joins us right now. Congressman, great to have you on the show. Hey, John. Thanks for having me, Amanda. I appreciate it. We definitely want to get to the border, but I just want to start off with a little Hunter Biden. You might have heard a little bit of that story. We have, but also the news that uh, there's going to be a formal grand jury indictment of Hunter Biden by the end of the month, according to a new court filing. David Weiss feels a little belated, but uh, what's your reaction?
4: Well, I'm not surprised to hear that um, some of the dirt was being thrown around as early as 2015, but much like Amanda, I don't think I'm going to hold my breath. I I don't have much faith, um, you know, in the, in this prosecutor. Yeah. I don't have much faith uh, faith in the Department of Justice, and I don't think the American people do as well. They've seen this two tier justice system for way too long, um, and it, it's, it really is heartbreaking, John.
0: Yeah, it is.
2: Yeah, it's it's been despicable to see, and you know, there there are a lot of things about this administration that have been despicable. One of which is the notion that the White House released a memo that they are going to plan to try to blame the fentanyl crisis on Republicans. Now, um, recently, the counter-narcotics chief, I think it was for the Bush administration, said that enough fentanyl had flowed across our border to kill the world. And that wasn't the case under the Trump administration. Now, I know in politics, you can package anything to to give the narrative that you want it to. But even this messaging, blaming it on Republicans when this border has been wide open under Joe Biden, even that seems a little outside of the strike box for American politics.
4: Well, it does, Amanda. But it just goes to show you what they think about the American people. And obviously, the the, the honest, honest truth is, if you're dumb enough to believe that, that you deserve the leadership that we have. I mean, let's look at let's look at the numbers. Um, you know, I think when president Trump left office, we were seeing a little over 4,000 pounds of fentanyl come in a year. Now it's, um, I think it's close to five X that I think the last numbers I saw were like 23,000 pounds of fentanyl in the Tucson sector, um, in Arizona. Um, I think we, in July, we hit 39,000, uh, encounters at the uh, Southern border, um, in, in this sector. And I think that that was like a, record that we haven't seen in like 15 years around here. So it, clearly when they lie, they speak their native tongue. It's it's obviously not true, but as we've seen time and time again with this administration, um, because they continue to get away with everything, uh, they, don't, they don't really feel any need to tell the American people the truth.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. I think Americans feel the truth. though. The fentanyl crisis affects families. It's hardly a family that I meet nowadays that don't know, doesn't know somebody that's been affected by the crisis. It's just jaw dropping the numbers. So I want to turn a second, just a quick second to the military. You served our country with great valor before you joined Congress. Uh, This week, we saw our commander in chief walk out early of a medal valor ceremony, a military hero, and he just walks out on them. Uh, Your reaction to that scene?
4: Well, John, when I saw it, honestly, I wasn't surprised. I remember sitting in a foreign affairs committee hearing um, and asking some of the family members of some of the 13 Marines that were killed in yeah. Af- the Afghanistan debacle if uh, the president had reached out to them and they all shook their head and said no. So it doesn't really seem like this president, you know, cares too much about our military based on some of the policies that we see um, as they make, you know, social engineer in the military and make it a political experiment. Uh, but this is just one more example Um you know, I'm just glad he didn't trip when he was going down down the stairs. To be honest with you, uh, but it's one more example of disrespect towards our our men and women um, that deserve the most. Yeah,
2: mm. absolutely. And and sir, you you brought up those 13 fallen Marines, and uh, we all saw recently that the families of those were at Bedminster, New Jersey, with President Trump, and it certainly seems like a lot of service members and their families. Uh, feel more support from President Trump, who's not in the Oval Office, than they do the actual Commander-in-Chief. Does that sentiment ring true to you? Is that what you see as well?
4: 100 percent, guys. I, I, as somebody who grew up in the military, joined the week after 9-11 and spent 13 years in the military, um, you know the military is near and dear to me. But when I talk to young men and women now that ask me if if they should join, I tell them to think long and hard about who you'll be serving for, who, who your leadership would be will be. And it's another thing I talk about when I when I talk to voters, constituents, and and others when when they're telling me we should support the war in Ukraine. And and I said I remind them, hey, if this thing breaks out into a full out nuclear war, the same leaders that completely botched the withdrawal of Afghanistan will be fighting Russia and whoever whatever allies step up to align themselves with Russia. And I don't trust this administration, these leaders for a second to do that it's not that we don't have great men and women in the military or the capability um, you know to continue to lead um you know with our military might but it, when we have leadership like this uh, you know you have to really take a hard look at uh whether you know you want your sons and daughters going into the service at this point in time
0: that's yeah, an amazing mm-hmm. thing to hear but i hear that a lot from veterans of thinking about their next generation it's remarkable Sir, I want to turn back to the border because you are one of the most eloquent voices on it. And uh, there is a a budget opportunity coming up here to figure out what we can do with CR, how are we going to get the government funded for next year? I hear a lot of novel ideas being talked about during the recess of ways that maybe Republicans could get something done, even though Joe Biden doesn't want to close the border. Things like sending billions of taxes and say, you go secure that part of the border to defunding other parts of the government, rerouting it, even turning uh, Camp David into a migrant refuge uh, uh, for uh, for Joe Biden. Uh, do you get a sense that your colleagues have some ideas and some uh, cutting edge things to maybe address the border, even though Joe Biden won't?
4: Yeah, I get the idea that they're they're talking like they normally do. Unfortunately, John, I never underestimate the weakness of the Republican Party. Or their ability to actually represent the people that sent them there, and I know that that sounds really bad. I know we're supposed to all be on one team, but yeah. you know, I talk to voters every day that are looking looking at me and asking me, "Hey, well, why aren't you guys doing anything? Why, 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 why haven't we impeached Secretary Mayorkas? Why aren't we working on impeaching Joe Biden?" And it's just it's so frustrating, John, because there's a lot of ideas and a lot of talk, but there's not a lot of action, and that's the frustrating part.
0: There is a lot of talk. You're right about that. No doubt.
2: sir. I want to shift gears to something that um, I don't think we've really spoken to you about in the past. The fact that your district, you represent over half of Arizona's native population. I think they make up 22, 20 something percent of your entire district. Um, What are some of the things that you have spoken to some of those Native American leaders about? I know energy is something that's very important to them, the preservation of their land, veterans affairs. Talk to us about that close relationship that you've been building with them.
4: Yeah, you know, we have a very proud heritage um, in, in Arizona's second congressional district. and We represent a lot of the tribes here. And I can tell you, you know, they're they're frustrated just like we are with the overreach of the federal government. Um, They're frustrated when, um, you know, the federal government comes in and tells them how they can use their land, how they can use their oil, their natural resources, etc. And so, you know, I I can tell you that our worldviews don't always align. But when they do, we're going to go fight for them just like any other, you know, any other county, any other city, any other group
0: in, in my district. All right, a quick update on the Second Amendment after these commercial break. Eric Pratt from Gun Owners of America going to bring us up to date on some of the battles with the ATF, some of the threats to the Second Amendment, some of the victories in the courts, some of the cases you need to be watching right after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. IRS penalty-canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash news. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Across
3: America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing
0: Welcome back, America. There's so many things to get distracted in in the news these days, so many momentous things going on in Washington. But one thing that we're keeping a close eye on is the ATF and its efforts to implement a backdoor universal background check. That's right. They can't get it through Congress, through the right normal measures, so they're going back through the backdoor. Well, our next guest knows all about this. He keeps a vigilant eye on that agency. Eric Pratt serves as the senior vice president of Gun Owners of America, and he joins us now. Eric, great to have you back on the show. Hey, thanks so much. Great to be with you both. Uh, We're great to have you. I was thinking of you when I saw this rule get published in the Federal Register. Uh, Looks like they're trying to sneak in the back door. You're not going to let them get away with that, are you?
5: No. In fact, uh, our attorneys are looking at this. We're going to be challenging it. But first, let me say this. It, It is really sad Biden's ATF never could have mandated this new gun control if Senator John Cornyn of Texas had not sold out gun owners last year and led 14 other Republicans to support uh, a horrendous gun control law. They could have filibustered it. They had the votes for it, they could have killed it, but they voted for it instead and betrayed gun owners. And now the second amendment is gonna suffer. So here's what's happening, this new Biden rule changes the second amendment from a God-given right to a mere privilege, and and Biden knows it. The administration has said that this rule that we're talking about gets us as close to universal background registration checks as they can get, because virtually every gun purchase will now have to go through a gun dealer and has to be registered with the FBI. So that means when the FBI's background check system goes down and it's offline, you won't be able to buy a gun. Or when the FBI mistakenly rejects you and you can't buy a gun at a dealer's business, you're out of luck. Or when Biden's ATF forces thousands of gun dealers out of business by imposing their zero tolerance policy, you won't be able to find a gun dealer to buy a gun. And yet on the other hand, If you're approved to buy a gun, that firearms purchase will be registered with the FBI because of this rule. So when all is said and done, the ATF will have this massive gun registry, which can be used to confiscate the very guns that Biden wants to ban through executive action. And, you know, John and Amanda, I know uh, that's a lot of bad news. But again, the good news is that when this rule is finalized, our attorneys are gonna challenge it in court. And if the judges follow the Supreme Court's Bruin decision, we're gonna win on this. Yeah, no doubt.
2: Ah yes, those 14 Republicans who truly did make it the, what was it called, the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. Really nice name uh, for something that was not so nice underneath. Um, But guys, I think you have it all wrong, because now as a result of this rule (laughs) by the ATF, criminals are surely going to submit for background checks with FFLs and, and at gun shows, right?
5: Yeah, you know, and and obviously, uh, we all know that background checks don't work. You know, think about the Buffalo and Uvalde shooters from last year or last year's July 4th shooter. They all passed background checks. What about the rampage killer in last week's Florida shooting? He passed a background check. You know, it's interesting. Department of Justice statistics show that 95% of the people who are stopped via the background check. They're erroneous. They, in other words, the background checks are stopping good people. They don't stop the average bad guy. What background checks do is register gun owners. And the ATF has admitted that almost 1 billion gun owners' names have been compiled. Almost 900 million of them are digitized. You know, Given the failure of the background check, we should be disbanding this system, not trying to expand it to capture even more law-abiding gun owners. There's a funny dynamic
0: at work. The more that Joe Biden tries to restrict the Second Amendment, the more Americans are going out and buying lawfully, buying new guns. One million uh, guns again last month, the 49th consecutive month where that's topped it. I know crime, a lot of the factors are putting into it. What's the dynamic here? What message are the American people saying with their purchases?
5: Well, what they're saying is the Second Amendment is important to them. Uh, When they feel threatened and the government's not protecting them, they will protect themselves. Sadly, the Biden administration is burning the Second Amendment at both ends, because on the one hand, they're trying to make it virtually impossible to buy a gun without going to a gun dealer. On the other hand, they're trying to put gun dealers out of business for mere clerical errors. And that's what's known as their zero tolerance program. They've put hundreds upon hundreds of gun dealers out of business. Uh, you know here at gun owners of america we've launched a campaign to protect gun dealers by suing the ATF and we're winning but you know we're having to spend a lot of time effort and money to challenge the ATF and so that's really the problem here yeah that's a good point
2: yeah and you know when when people have these conversations and you know if you're a second amendment advocate then you talk about some of the statistics that you have vocalized on the show regarding you know, the background checks. And when you bring forth that information, then the evolution of the argument uh, obviously turns to uh, red flag laws because people say, "Okay, well, if we can't stop them from buying the guns, then at least we can stop them from using them. But and I know I've told you both this story. My husband's maternal great grandfather was shot into a pit in Stalin's Ukraine because he was rumored Mm. to be thinking about starting a church. So, no, I am definitely not in favor of red flag laws. But I wanted to ask you about in Tennessee, we are seeing these little victories across states. In Tennessee, they ended uh, their state assembly special session without the passage of some proposed red flag gun laws. Do you see that propagating across other states?
5: Well, absolutely, and that's really, you know, we see what can happen when gun owners rise up, and GOA was very involved in Tennessee. We were activating uh, the grassroots, and it was just exciting to see them making phone calls, sending emails, and uh, we're grateful that uh, over a majority of the legislature just didn't wanna touch uh, some of those hot button issues, which uh, Governor Lousy Lee uh, was trying to push and ram down their throats, but the legislators didn't want to have any part of it. And let's face it, uh, red flags would have done nothing to have stopped that very tragic shooting uh, that, that happened in Nashville. I mean, think about, you know, Florida passed a red flag law after their very tragic school shooting a few years back, did nothing to stop the rampage killer last, uh, last week. Yeah. Gun control never works, always fails, only affects the good people.
0: Yeah. Eric, real quickly, hunting season around the corner. Uh, Biden was trying to make it a little harder for people to hunt this year with a ban on lead ammunition in the National Wildlife Refugees, another win in the courts. Um, he's, he's rolling up
5: quite a record of losses on the Second Amendment, isn't he? Thank God for the Bruin decision and uh, Justice Thomas in particular. It has been the game changer. However, having said that, uh, we can't, uh, you know, uh, we have to stay vigilant uh, because just like we saw in Tennessee, we've got to keep being active and letting our voice be heard to stop these laws from passing. All
0: right, folks, I thought we'd finish this Sunday Brunch Edition with a little music, a little pop culture, a little fire and brimstone. So right after the commercial break, Natasha Owens, Christian singer, country singer, woman of truth and conviction, not afraid to posh the envelope. She's got a new song about why the First and Second Amendments are intertwined for a reason and why they are essential to our liberty in America. Yes, you listen to some great music and learn a little too. Natasha Owens right after this commercial break.
2: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
4: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: Welcome back, America. We should take a little bit of time to have some fun. And in the wake of the recent backlash... Uh, A gun safe manufacturer is receiving after they publicly acknowledged that they gave the FBI the access code to one of their customers' gun safes because the federal law enforcement agency demanded it. I figured, why not make this conversation about our Second Amendment? You may remember our next guest as she's joined us several times before. Natasha Owens has just released her latest single and music video called The Second Protects the First. Take a listen to a brief clip of this new song that is lighting up you. Check it out. Joining us now is the singer and songwriter herself, Natasha. Welcome back to the show. Good to see you. Thank
6: you. It's so good to see y'all.
2: Our First and Second Amendments, it seems like, are always under attack. This is perpetual, dating back to the, well, pre-Revolutionary War, because those are some of the things that we fought over, uh, especially the First Amendment. But um, John reported over on JustTheNews.com that gun sales have topped um, a million for 49 uh, consecutive months. So... In my opinion, I think that America is saying we want guns, we value our Second Amendment, but the government seems to be receiving a different message. What, what compelled you to write this song in this moment?
6: This is an argument that isn't brought to the table often, and I thought people needed to be Be reminded that our Second Amendment, our guns, is what secures all of our freedoms. We do not have freedom without that Second Amendment. And that's why the Democrats always want to come for guns. And they always want to demonize it and say, oh, it's for the safety. And they want us to be petrified to where we beg them for a false sense of security in taking our guns. But that's not how it works. Our founding fathers and our choices and our ability to defend ourselves and our family. And we needed to be reminded of that. You've gotta look at their actions and their words. Their words say they're so worried about the safety of our kids and our families, but their actions prove different. Our southern border, I'm in Texas, our southern border is completely open and cartel members, ISIS members, terrorists, and a ton of fentanyl come over that border every single month. If they were really concerned about our safety, they would do something about that border and, and not come for our guns.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Natasha, there's this amazing line in there talking about the genius of our founding fathers. And today, so many children are taught our founding fathers are nothing but slave owners and um, the, the negativity that is injected into young children about their country and its founding is so, so pervasive that kids come out 10 years later and they, they're, they're, they're like hating our country. That line is so powerful to me. And, and then the re- recognition, there's a reason why the First Amendment's first and the Second Amendment's second. Uh, there's a lot of history teaching that goes on in this great little ditty that you've sung. How important is it for parents to reinforce positive messages about the founding of this country?
6: You know, it's so important because, uh, you know, the left has completely, like your last um, uh, guest said, completely demonized. If you can erase history, you can repeat it in history. back with China, Germany and Russia, every time a government disarms their people, over 100 million people perish. And they don't want you to know that. They don't know, want you to know what happens when they they take your freedom away. And so we have to be very um to the table and talk but this is a topic that you can't talk about with with the liberals they they just completely shut down we do not have a gun problem in this country We have a mental health problem. We have a heart issue. We have a God issue, the lack of God in our country. It's so hard to regulate guns because you can make a law that makes sense. Oh, let's just make it to where domestic terrorists can't have guns. That's something we can all agree on. However, when they start talking about white nationalists, Christian nationalists, people who love our country, love God and are patriotic, are suddenly deemed domestic terrorists, then we have a problem. So you can't trust the other side with these type. Charlie Kirk came out with a few stats not too long ago that said, if you take 10 cities in America and take their gun on gun uh, or their gang crime, They're they're black on black and they're Hispanic gang crime. If you take those numbers out and if you take the numbers out from suicide, you are left in less than 200 deaths a year in America. That is not a gun problem. And I think Americans are waking up to that. That's why you're seeing an astronomical amount of of gun sales over the past few years, because they know what the government's doing. They see it.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Natasha, the Second Amendment, pe- people who are supporters of the Second Amendment, it's, it's almost always an intellectual debate. They use facts, they use statistics and data, um, and it's not an emotional debate. And oftentimes liberals try to make everything emotional. You are actually a perfect example of, of using logic and information and data and not emotion because you have a personal story involving your dad and, and you are yet still a staunch advocate of the second amendment. Can you tell our audience about that?
6: Yeah, 13 years ago, my dad, who was the epitome of gun safety, was sitting at a table cleaning his guns, cleaning a Glock, and it's a very dangerous gun. There was a bullet in the chamber, it went off and hit him in the heart, and he was gone within 60 seconds. So people are always very fascinated at, I have a tragic death story, as well as my uncle being murdered with a gun. Why are you so pro second amendment? And I'm like, because it's a heart issue when someone has killing in, in their blood of what they want to do, they will find something, whether it is a car, a knife, it's not the gun's fault. It's the person's fault. And my dad, he was at fault. It was an accident dealing with a dangerous gun. He wasn't careful enough. And so you can't blame the gun for that. But I know one thing I've got two boys at home and, and, plenty of dogs that I love. If someone comes into my home, I feel so much better knowing that I have a, a gun and able, you know, that that's the difference in me and my family losing our lives or it's saving our lives. And, and I'm always going to be a proponent of the Second Amendment.
0: All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. A big thank you to all our guests today. Senator Ron Johnson, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, Congressman Eli Crane, gun owner of America's Eric Pratt and, of course, Natasha Owens, a great singer and a great thought provoker, as you just heard in that last block. Folks, again, if you want to do something special this year, if you're running a company and you haven't taken advantage of the employee retention tax credit, consumer tax advocates got you covered. Go to covidtaxrelief.org. I told you about that. Go check it out. It's pretty darn amazing. All right. That wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports for the week and actually wraps up a whole week of really exciting podcasts. Thanks to all our guests. Thank you to all of you for listening, engaging, having a conversation, learning, and then making up your mind a little bit more informed. And of course, if you need a news fix for the rest of this weekend, go to justthenews.com or go to the Apple and Android stores and download the Just the News app. Very easy to get. All right, that wraps it up. We'll be back on Monday. God bless you. Have a great night. Also, have a great rest of your weekend with family, friends, and loved ones. Hopefully, some fall weather is right around the corner. God bless and good night. (music) Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out